up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman, whoever you are, wherever you are listening from. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate that continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener to the show, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and the host site is March4th.podbean.com. You made it here, so you found me somehow, and I really appreciate you guys taking some time and checking out the show, man. I'm in a great mood, man, as you guys can tell. I mean, I'm always excited to do these. I love doing this, but uh, it's uh, it's been a great summer so far. Summer's off to an awesome start. It's so cool to see live music back, to see bands being able to tour again and play shows, to see people be able to go out to shows. And in addition to that, as a sports fan, I'm a huge hoops junkie. For those of you who haven't listened to this show before, I love basketball. It's been a great NBA playoffs. It looks like the Suns might do it. Game three is is actually tonight as of me recording the intro and close to this week's episode, but uh, we'll see how the Bucks respond. But Phoenix, it just, it's just starting to look like it's their year. And honestly, I'm a Pistons fan, so I'm just happy that we got the number one pick. I, I'm keeping keeping my uh, my good energy and my good vibes out there that it is Cade Cunningham. He seems like the guy. Seems like he'd be a great fit in Detroit. But uh, so so I don't have a I don't have a horse in this race as far as the Suns and the Bucks. But as a huge basketball fan, it's just been cool to see a great playoffs and a great final so far. And it's just looking like it might be the Suns' year, man. Uh, and, and honestly, I'd be happy with either the Bucks or the Suns. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Giannis Antetokounmpo. I just like the way he carries himself and how hard he's worked to get to this point, become a two-time MVP and lead Milwaukee to the championship. But on the flip side of that coin too, with Devin Booker being in the league for, I think like six, seven years now, whatever it's been, I'm really excited that uh, Chris Paul came there and was able to bring his leadership. Monty Williams, like I'd be happy with any of them doing it. And, And Chris Paul obviously has been in the league, I think since 2000 and I think it was 2006, 2005 when he got drafted. I think it was 2005, uh, the 2005, 2006 season, I think was his rookie year. So he's been in the league a long time. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. So, uh, you know, I'd be, I'd be happy with either one of them getting it, man. Those are, those are great cities. The energy's great. I've had uh, several artists from, from the Arizona, Phoenix area on the show. So I'm sure those, those guys are all excited. But, uh, but yeah, and, and I and I hope that this show finds you well, wherever you are listening to this. I hope you and yours are doing well, and if not, I'm sending good energy your way. But uh, it's a, it's another day to, to be alive and, and to make the most of the day. So thank you for spending some of this time with me, whether you're on a commute, whether you're at the gym, whether you're listening to it while you're you know cranking some stuff out at work. Just know that uh, whatever you're going through, whether you're up, down, or indifferent, man, I, I, I really think that the universe works in our favor when we put good vibes out there and we treat people well. So for what it's worth, thank you for spending some time with me for this this episode. And as far as this week goes, for those of you who, who aren't familiar and, and you're brand new to the show, I do this show bi-monthly. I release new episodes on the first and third Tuesday of every month. I got back into this and really, uh, you know, utilized uh, some of the downtime, the alone time I had as a result of the isolation from the pandemic last year to get back into podcasting. And it's been, it's been awesome, man. I, I love bringing these shows to you guys, but I've been doing it bi-monthly just to balance it with my day job and what I have going on in my life. And I find myself with some more free time here recently in terms of my obligations outside of my, my job. And I was like, you know what, I've, I've got some shows on ice and I want to give people more, you know, and I feel like I'm in a position now where I can do that. So 
I decided to release a bonus episode this month, this being that episode, to bring you guys more content because I was so excited to get this show out. The guy that is this week's guest is somebody I have a tremendous amount of respect for as a musician and as a person, and he is none other than Kellen McGregor of Memphis Mayfire, guitarist from Memphis Mayfire, also producer, mixer, you name it. Uh, he, he works with other bands as well and doing production, and uh, he's a guy that I actually met through our mutual friends, Dominic and Nicole down here. They're great people. We talk about them a little bit on this episode, but uh, met him a couple of years ago when I went to their show in Nashville when they were on tour with He Is Legend, who's a band that I really love a lot. Shout out my buddy Ryan from Tropic Bombs. I use Tropic Bombs uh, bumper as the bumper music for the show, and uh, he got me into He Is Legend years ago, and he, he loves those dudes too. Uh, shout out uh, to the to the late Mackenzie Bell, who was part of those first couple of records. I am Hollywood and suck out the poison. Great guitarist as well, but uh, but yeah. So I went to that show, and um, Dominic and Nicole were there, obviously, because they're friends with those guys as well. And uh, Tiffany, um, Kellen's wife, invited us backstage, and it was it was crazy, man. There was tons of people there because Memphis Mayfire's, you know, kind of like based out of Nashville, I guess you could say, even though they originated from Texas. The guys in the band, I believe, are all in this area now, in the Nashville area. But um, so it was like a party back there, and then part of me was like, wow, this is crazy, but I was also like, man, I don't want to infringe on these dudes' space. You know, like that whole thing that goes through your mind, but really just from, from Jump Street, man, like it, one, it was a fantastic show, and two, um, Kellen and Tiffany are just really down to earth, uh, salt of the earth people and have been really kind every time I've, uh, I've been around them. I've only hung out with them a couple of times, but so that was a couple of years ago when we had first met, uh, um, and, and then doing this podcast again, he was somebody, I was like, man, I, you know, when things ramp back up again with Memphis Mayfire, I would love to get them, uh, get Kellen on the show and, and do an episode with him and just kind of talk about his journey to this point, because, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably a Memphis Mayfire fan, but if you're not familiar with Memphis Mayfire, I mean, they've they've really been a mainstay metalcore band for well over a decade now. Their first full length was Sleepwalking back in 2009. I think they had, they had an EP before that, but Sleepwalking was the first full length in 2009, and they followed that up with The Hollow in 2011, Challenger in 2012, Unconditional in 2014, This Light I Hold in 2016, and then Broken in 2018, and you know, they've really stood the test of time as a band. They have a huge following all over the world. Uh, the lyrical content from Maddie is uh, can can go from aggressive vocals to clean vocals, but also just the lyrical content itself. You know, there's elements of just overcoming and perseverance and, and spirituality even in there. All things which I talk about on this show. And just Kellen as a guitar player, man, I have a lot of respect for his riffage and just what he does on that instrument and just also just as a songwriter and as somebody who again has been part of this band since the beginning and they've stood the test of time and they're still here to tell their story their single blood and water came out a couple months back and it's already over two million streams i think over 2.2 million now on spotify if i look here as we're talking uh yeah it released um not even a couple months ago it was june 4th it came out and it's already over 2.2 2.2 million streams on Spotify as of July 11th doing the intro and close to the show and it's 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 been huge for them and so just the timing of all of this I thought it would be really cool instead of sitting on this one and not putting it out to maybe like early August 
I thought it would be cool to give you guys a bonus episode with somebody who I have a lot of respect for, whose band I have a lot of respect for, and, you know, give you guys a little bit more into Kellen's story and Memphis Mayfire's story. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Kellen McGregor, guitarist of Memphis Mayfire. Here it is. Well, dude, thank you so much for taking the time to do the show, man. I know I've said it like a million times already, but I I really do appreciate it. Um, I guess just as a place to start and and normally I start at the, I like to go back and then, and then catch up to now, but I thought a great place to start, honestly, was just with blood and water. I think when I, when I texted you like a week ago, I'm like, dude, it's going to be 2 million streams on Spotify before you know it. You're (laughs) like, that would be insane. But I, I, last time I looked before we started this, it was already at almost like 1.7. Like what's it been like to see the response of that man? Like just obviously you know you you produced it mixed it and mastered it as well right like mm-hmm. i'm sure at this point you know the ingredients of what makes a good <laughs> memphis may fire song but i mean what's it been like to just see the success of that so far man uh it's pretty wild uh like t- t- today i was on twitter for a second and i was, i saw a video of this like young little kid like must be I don't know, eight years old. And he's like screaming and singing and do the whole thing. And, and like our music videos playing in the background. And I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been rad, you know, I mean, it was definitely a song that we wanted to like, it was definitely, well, I, I didn't know that it was going to be the first one we put out, but everybody else knew. So I was kind of in the dark as far as that goes. I was like <laughs> the last one to find out like, Oh, that's the first song. Okay. Uh, and it was actually one of the last songs that I ended up ended up writing for the album. So it's been really rad to see people, you know, kind of getting some nostalgia and stuff like that. Cause we've been doing this band thing for a long, long time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like for me, it's been like 10 years. So we've seen all sorts of ups and downs and stuff like that. So it's cool to like, you know, um, be intentional about a song that kind of like has a little bit of a throwback vibe to it for fans that have stuck around for a long time. So it's, yeah, that's kind of like a, like a thank you to to them, but also it's fun to play. So. Yeah. I was going to say, man, that honestly, it's like, and, and I, and I'm always hesitant to say this because I, I never want the artist to feel like um, the other stuff wasn't awesome. Cause it, cause it was, but I really think it's some of your guys's best work. Like I actually, I listened, I went back Listen. and listened through like your whole catalog um before doing this uh starting with sleepwalking and and working all the way up i think the only thing i didn't listen to was the initial ep that came before sleepwalking but um but yeah i mean i just the riff the chorus like it's it's definitely something that gets that gets stuck in your head but it it, it, i really think it's like some of the best stuff that you guys have done thanks man yeah yeah it's uh it's pretty it's a pretty good indicator of, of the whole record um it's definitely one of the heavier tracks but the the whole record is about like it's like 70 percent like energetic and heavier riffy and then 30 percent is like the radio stuff yeah and, and you guys actually did a t-shirt right i think it, i don't know if it already sold out but uh for for bridges domestic violence center like the the proceeds mm-hmm. went to that um can you talk a little bit about that and just partnering with them yeah, that was so that was a conversation we had kind of like mid pandemic about um, 
you know, we, we had started working. Well, originally it was like before the pandemic pandemic even started, we were supposed to like fly out and do a bunch of co-writes with people. Uh, and so the whole thing kind of made us like pause and everything and just kind of revisit stuff. And so in doing that, we wrote a bunch of new stuff and added to some old. And in that whole process had conversations of, of basically being like, you know, we, we would like to do a couple singles to put out before the record comes out, you know, um, and everybody has like different game, game plans on that nowadays, you know, like with hip hop, it's like single, 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 single over and over. And then finally right. like an album, like two years later, you know? Right. Um, and so we're, we're borrowing a little bit from that. We're putting out a couple singles first. And the conversation we had was like, like, yo, what if we do like a limited press of like some sort of merch item, that where we can, you know, we can put the proceeds towards some sort of nonprofit. Cause we all, you know, Matt's wife does beneath the skin. We all have like nonprofits that are kind of near and dear to our heart or ones that we kind of lean towards. Um, and so that was just something we'd always wanted to do in the past, but sometimes logistically it's kind of tricky to figure out, um, you know, cause you have like merch contracts with merch companies and you also have like exclusive merch stuff that goes towards just towards the record label that they have like their exclusive designs. So sometimes figuring that out's a little bit tricky, but this presented a really cool opportunity to do that. And, um, so we were really stoked about it. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. And and, and did I see somebody, did, did somebody already get a, a tattoo of like some of the, the blood and water? Did I, did I see that? Like that Pro- was so yeah, probably. I know it's, it's pretty wild. Anytime I see somebody get a tattoo of something Memphis related, I'm like, like I'm humbled, but I'm also like, are you sure? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, I probably shouldn't be asking you, but are you, are you sure? But you know, this is coming from a guy who's got transformers on his legs. So, uh, you know, I haven't, I have no room to talk. <laughs> Hey man, if it means something to you, that's the most important thing. Like I've, uh, I have no tattoos right now and, uh, I might've even talked to you about this before. Um, I've always wanted to get them. Drawing was like my first love mm. when I was a kid, uh, before music, before sports, drawing was like the thing for me. Um, haven't doodled yeah. in a while, but, uh, I've always wanted to get one for my grandpa. Like I, I was super close with him. My middle yeah. name is, is his name. And, but I always feel like if I get that first one, I feel like within six months, I'll probably have yep. five and I'll just, <laughs> yeah. I'll just go down the rabbit hole and I'll just be covered, you know, hey, not that there's wrong anything with that. wrong yeah, with being yeah. covered, but I think I'd get addicted to it. Yeah. The other, the only thing that hurts worse than getting the tattoo is your bank account. You know, yeah. it is not <laughs> yeah. cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. During these times I'm, I'm definitely trying to save, but, uh, but to go back, um, I think some people might know that you, you started out as a drummer. But mm-hmm. I always like to ask people, what was what was your first musical memory? Do you know, like, do you have like your earliest musical memory that grabbed you? Or just oh, that man. registers? Well, um, so I'm not sure how it is here, but like uh, growing up in Texas, uh, our school system was separated. It was we had elementary, middle, and then we had junior high and high school. So junior high and high were like just two, two years and then two years. Um, and so every time we would move to a new school or step up to a new school, they would have like a, you'd have to kind of try out for a new music program. And I remember trying out to get in into like sixth grade or something. And that was around the time that like offspring was big and like, you know, smells like teen spirit was still huge and stuff like that. Like anything Dave Grohl was doing, Foo Fighters was huge, you know? Uh, and so I think that was, that was probably the biggest thing was seeing somebody like Dave Grohl, like who came from Nirvana and then was doing Foo Fighters and they were blowing up. I was just like, wow, I want to be that guy. And, uh, 
you know, I would get together with my buddy who had like a little practice amp and a guitar. And I had like these little crappy plastic drum pads and I would set up like a shop fan as like a cymbal and we would just like jam in the garage. It was the silliest thing I've ever done. But that I think was the thing where I was like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. You know, I get to smack stuff and make noise and, and then, you know, seeing somebody like Dave Grohl who, who did drums and guitar and sang, it was just, you know, super inspiring. Heck yeah, man. Was anybody in your family musical or were you just naturally drawn to it? Yeah. Um, my mom, I always say that she has perfect pitch, but she denies it, but she's pretty dang close. <laughs> um, she was actually in here singing the other day. She was singing some, uh, she was making some like kind of worship music stuff for her, for the church that she goes to. And uh, yes. And then my dad played in bands. My uncle played in bands. Uh, I think, yeah, my my grandma and my great grandma, I think both played piano. So there, there's, yeah, there's a little trickles of it down through the lineage of, over, over time. I got like a, a little bit of it. I would say out of, as far as like the three of us siblings, like me and my two sisters, I feel like they had more natural talent and I had like the, you got to really work for it talent. You know, like if I didn't practice, I was terrible. It was still like that. <laughs> really? Come on, oh, man. Yeah. You got to give yourself some better, better credit than that. Come on now. You got no, no, I, just, I, I don't mind working for it. It's just like, you know, some people like I, I know some dudes who can like literally not have touched a guitar in months and then pick up a guitar and then just start riffing yeah, and yeah. shredding like it like it was yesterday. Whereas me, like, you know, not having like we're starting to rehearse right now, which is why I have like a whole stack of our rehearsal gear over here. And you know, trying to play songs you haven't played in a year and a half is that's real hard. You know? like, yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that's why practicing works. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. You know, I but, admire anybody that, that sticks with, with music. Um, Cause I've always been fascinated by guitar. <clears throat> I have one, but I don't tell people, especially here in Nashville, I don't tell people I play cause there's like yeah. real musicians <laughs> like you down here. Yeah. And like, I'm like a bedroom, like noodler. Um, and I don't even practice that much. It's just fun for me to revisit every now and again. Um, yeah. But um, but so so making that transition to guitar uh, away from the drums, did, did that happen like around college-ish? Because you, you were a little bit older, right, when you really started to get into guitar? Yeah. So I, I, I went to college for drums and I just got straight up burnt out, man. I just yeah. like uh, the university I went to it graduated a lot of really awesome, like just truly amazing percussionists. Uh, they all went on to do like really big things and be leaders in their own musical communities. And just the program was like really rigorous and not a whole lot of downtime, like a lot of rehearsal. And it just kind of fried me because it just, it wasn't like ex expressive enough. It was a lot of fun, you know, just doing pretty much percussion 24 seven. And then on top of that, you're doing obviously regular coursework, but uh, I just didn't find it to be expressive enough. So I, you know, I, I'd had a guitar for a little bit and I'd brought it with me to college and I kind of figured out how to dabble in recording. And, and, uh, by the end of like only two semesters, I was like, yo, this, uh, I gotta go. Like <laughs> I'm fried. I gotta go home and write some music or do something else. And so that's what I did. And I didn't plan on sticking with it, but it just kind of happened. That's awesome, though. I mean, it's it's good when you kind of know when it's time to 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 have a change of pace, right? Because look at what it's led to now with with Memphis mm -hmm. Mayfire. I mean, here you are all these years later, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and, you know, and 
no disrespect to any of the people that I went to school with, like a lot of dudes that I still, I'll see them on Facebook and whatnot. Like they're all, almost all of them are some sort of educator, like teachers or they do private lessons or whatever. And I knew pretty early on that just wasn't my, my gig. You know what I mean? And it was pretty much, you got two routes. You either go the route of being a performer where you're trying to play in like, you know, prestigious orchestras or different drum groups or whatever, or you become a teacher. And I just, I wasn't good enough to, to go the one route. And I just, I don't think I have what it takes to be a teacher. And so I I was like, well, I don't think I fit either of these paths. Let's take the third one. And that's what I did. (laughs) So, so in Texas, I mean, obviously a very rich music history all across the board. I, I, that's why I feel so lucky to have ended up in Nashville. Like I never, as a kid, Mm -hmm. if somebody had told me like, Mike, one day you will live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'd be like, what, really? Um, but yeah, I'm so exactly. happy I ended up here as, as a huge music fan, man. Um, cause initially when I came here, I thought it was just country and it's everything. It's insane. It's everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but Texas is, is from what I understand is, is like that too. I mean, obviously in the heavy music realm, right? Like Pantera, but even rock and roll ZZ top, you know, Stevie Ray mm-hmm. Vaughan, like, um, so when you started playing guitar, I mean, who, who were some of your early influences or, or even at that time, what was some of the stuff that got you going down sort of that heavy music rabbit hole after the, the Dave Grohl and all that? Uh, I mean, I think I followed the path of a lot of guys, my age, you know, like whatever was doing well or what, whatever was big, you know, if it was system of a down or disturbed or, um, I mean, just any of that you know, seven dust, you know, stuff like that, like the, the heavier stuff, but it was still kind of like radio friendly. Yeah. Um, I listened to, you know, to all of that, all of that stuff, anything that was still like the tail end of grunge and, you know, beginning of new metal and alternative and all that stuff. I, uh, but I have like, I have a, a real soft spot though for like nineties rock, you know, like vertical horizon and yeah, you know, fuel and stuff like that. Like all these old bands that like nobody knows, you know, anymore. Um, that that's like the other half of what I grew up on other than heavy music. Yeah. Yeah. No, there were some great records, man. Like uh, I was talking with a, another band um, and I asked him if he could put like a, a record in time capsule or whatever. And he he was like, uh, he was like the Google Goo dolls album with the, with the girl on the cover. I was like, Disney Oh yeah. Girl? I was like, yeah, yeah, there's some, there's some great stuff on there. Exactly. I still love that intro to, um, black balloon that kind of i don't Mm -hmm. know if he's doing like a little harmonic but the tuning and stuff like i feel like he always messed around like with different tunings and stuff yeah they always had cool open tunings where everything like it all gelled really well yeah they're they're good at that yeah yeah so for you i mean do you feel like that background as a drummer do you feel like it helped you as a guitar player like do you feel like in terms of being a you know like rhythm and riffs do you you feel like that helped you at all does Um, it change the way that you see that instrument yeah so i you know, like I, um, I never considered myself much of a guitar player and I still don't, I'm more of a songwriter. So I, I like can do enough to get to where I need to go. Um, and so then if it needs something like a really cool solo or whatever, like if I'm working on a song for somebody else and they want some really flashy solo, I can't do that. So I'll just like holler at one of my boys and be like, yo, I need you to do a guest solo on this thing. Cause it's not my not my vibe and, and and I'll just outsource that but anything else you know I, I always I've always just kind of considered myself a songwriter as far as that goes but um in terms uh, I don't know I mean I definitely a- approach it more percussively you know as so I think more in like 
almost like in rhythms as opposed to melodies um when it comes to like coming up with like a like the foundation of a song thinking of like rhythms and then melodies and then structure um so it's a little different as opposed to maybe thinking melodies or chords first you know a lot of guys especially here in nashville people are you know you walk into a studio and you got studio musicians and they're saying oh we're going one four five then back to one and then we're gonna you know you're talking about charts and stuff like that and so i, I just try and try and approach it a little bit different way because that's just the only way i know it's been cool to see the evolution of the band too because uh like sleepwalking um and i know i've geeked out with you before about he is legend my buddy ryan from back home um yeah i actually use their music uh they're in a band tropic bombs and i use that as the bumper music uh, to this show. So anybody listening, I always plug those guys. Cause if you like, yeah. like reggae and hip hop and rock and like metalcore, they, they put it all in the blender and they're, they're awesome. Cool. But, uh, but sleepwalking definitely had that like Southern metal, like, you know, he is legend, Maylene, yep. every time I die, I feel like, and then I felt like the hollow and challenger, you guys really established kind of your, your, your sound. Not that you weren't doing it on sleepwalking. Um, yeah. But I felt like the hollow, the hollow and challenger, like back to back, you know, going from a song like "You're Lucky It's Not 1692," which I friggin' love, and then yeah. <laughs> the hollow, obviously the sinner, the deceived, and "Prove Me Right" on Challenger, I really like because it, it's got kind kind of like what I like to call that chug therapy on there. I, I yeah. really love that, and, there, and you had kind of yep. like that that pinch harmonic-y part. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, so the evolution of the band, I, I really feel like uh, when you look at it from sleepwalking all the way through broken, it makes sense to hear you say that because I always feel like the the rhythmic part has always been there. And then I feel like mm. that that last record broken, there was definitely more of a melodic sense I felt like on that one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. I forgot we talked about that last time, but like straight up, if there was no He Is Legend, there would probably be no Memphis Mayfire. Uh, which is why I was crazy. And we did a short little tour and, and they came out with us and it was just like every night I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is the guy, you know, Adam, he's this insane guitar player. And I owe a lot of like my tone choices to him and a lot of riff ideas is it's, I mean, it's especially early stuff is just me kind of ripping him off and trying to make it like unique. Um, but yeah, you know, so over time, like you, like you're pointing out, like the, the kind of more rhythmic stuff, stayed until we hit broken and that was just uh you know that was a a different kind of departure because of of who we worked with and going into it we kind of there have been some conversations behind the scenes where it was like yo if if you guys want to go for radio now's the time to do it Mm -hmm. and we didn't really have a whole lot of guidance um in terms of being like hey you guys can still do some heavy songs and then we'll also do these or you know some sort of mix it was just like here's the dude you're going to work with, you know, um, here's the game plan, go for it. And so we just, you know, kind of came into that whole record with, with honestly, not really knowing what to do. Uh, we had like an idea and we had these demos and the person that we worked with, you know, didn't really, we didn't really change a whole lot from the demos to be honest. Um, so it was, it was a cool learning experience, but you know, it's, and it got us our first step in our first foray into radio, which was incredible. Yeah. Um, Cause everybody at radio loved the old me. Um, but it, it was a cool learning experience because you kind of go, Oh, okay. So that works and that works, but don't do that. Never do that again. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and so that kind of 
has given us some wisdom going into, you know, this cycle of our career, knowing kind of what to do and what not to do and, you know, when to kind of push forward on certain, certain things and when to hold back. That balance has to be tough though. Right. And that was one thing I wanted to ask you about Kellen was just, you know, writing, writing the music that you love and that means something to you. And I'm Mm. sure there's times as a musician where you're like, okay, I've been there. I've done that. I want to, you know, I want to try something else. And then there's like, okay, well, what, what is, what does the fan want? Maybe what does the hardcore Memphis Mayfire fan want? And I'm sure there's probably times where that path is converging. And then there's probably times where it's diverging, where it's like what you guys want to write, maybe not be something that, you know, a a kid who's in the pit, maybe who's been there since the hollow or sleepwalking, Mm -hmm. or maybe, maybe it is something that, that they like it and and even on broken i mean there was still stuff like like live another day and over it um and even the riffs and who i am like there's still a lot of that like you're talking about a lot of those riffs in there but what's that balance like for you guys now because this core of you guys like you Corey, jake and maddie you guys have been together now for over a decade almost a decade right like what is that (laughs) that like as you guys uh you know go through this process now um you know I guess to end my rant here, like making the music you love to make, but also trying to give the fans quote unquote, what they want. Is that a challenge or do you feel like you guys are able to strike a balance now? It's interesting. Um, And it's really hard sometimes Matt and I do all the writing and generally how it works uh, with almost every single record, except for maybe broken is I'll do like a full top to bottom demo and i'll try and make it nice and clean and polished and i'll send it to him to matt and he'll write to it and like this this go around he wrote with cody from wage war because cody lives down in spring hill um and so i would just like keep sending demos over and over and they'd be like all right cool we'll work on this one all right cool work on this one and that's pretty much the process and then you know they would send it back to me i would put in my two cents you know they'd make some changes whatever um and that's pretty much the cycle um you know, not that like Jake and, and Corn, uh, Corey don't have like the, we, we just call him Corn. It's a long <laughs> story. Uh, not that they don't have like, they always have input, but they, they kind of like give us a lot of leeway to do what we feel we need to do, which is, I mean, it's really rad to have that much trust. You know what I mean? Cause they pretty much every cycle they're like, we'll be, we'll be like, here's the, here's the songs guys. And they'll be like, okay, cool. You know, like maybe on this part, like do this instead. But other than that, they're like pretty just like go with the flow, uh, super supportive. Um, but it's, it's definitely hard to not let yourself get locked in a mindset of like, we got to do what the fans want, but also not get locked in this like esoteric, like artistic rabbit hole. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. And Matt and I have had conversations before about a couple of songs or past records where, you know, looking back on it, we, we can tell that like we were in a headspace where we were doing some things because like we wanted to do them because like artistically it was fun for us. You know, like I can think of a couple of tracks on, on uh, our record, uh, this light I hold where they still sound like Memphis songs, but I think we just like went in some different directions, both vocally and musically that were like 
really fulfilling for us to do because they're fun and creative and kind of outside of the box, but they just didn't like land with people. Cause they were just like, Whoa, this is not what I'm, you know, it's not what I signed up for. And so it's, it's hard, man, because sometimes you take that personally and you're like, Oh shit, did I mess up? Did I like, or you're kind of like, well, they don't just, you know, they just don't understand it. Uh, and the, you know, the truth is always somewhere in the middle, you yeah. know, it's not necessarily that they don't get it. And it's not that you did a bad job. It's just like something was great in there. Um, and so, you know, we're all old now, like I'm 36. And so I, I've not a lot bothers me anymore. I'm like more, especially having, you know, a crazy wife like Tiffany, I'm like super, <laughs> I can like handle anything. And so I'm just like super unaffected and chill nowadays. And so that helps a lot with me writing and writing with other people too, um, to kind of like keep the emotion out of it and just be kind of like, you know, not like monotone, but just be chill to where you don't kind of get sucked into your own black hole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Cause that's super easy to do where you're writing a song and you're just like, Oh, this is cool. Oh, this is cool. Oh, this is cool. And then you show it to somebody and they're like, they just don't get it. And you're like, how do you not get it? Like, it's so, <laughs> so sick. Uh, so this, yeah, this go around, we, you know, we had a lot of conversations between Matt and I where, it was literally like, you know, we want to write fun stuff that's fun to play, you know, or that's challenging or that has is really introspective. But we also want to have an aspect that's like kind of like a throwback aspect to what people fell in love with in those early records, you know, um, and having that balancing act is really hard. Uh, it, I wouldn't say that it necessarily takes planning but mentally I would try and go into each song and when I would like come to a part where I would keep pushing it and maybe like a outside of the box or extra like creative kind of way, I would be like, okay, well, but does this actually fit, you know, and, and trying to make it more concise. Cause at the end of the day, like we're not like setting out to be like this progressive band or like the heaviest band ever. We're, we're setting out to just do what we do, the best we can we have a sound if you like it cool and if you don't that's all, all that's all good too you know um but w- we want to be really genuine with this new stuff that we're putting out like this is this is us and uh i think that's you know i think that's what we achieved but while still there's a couple i mean it's hard to like not give away anything but you know there's some songs where uh matt's doing a lot of different vocal stuff that he's like never done before um and so that's like scary for him and there's a lot of different sounds that we've never ever like people have never heard of from us before especially two of the radio tracks um i mean i guess all three of the radio tracks it's you, people are going to listen to them and be like whoa this is this memphis me fire this doesn't make any sense <laughs> but it is and those are some of my favorite songs so yeah it's it's hard man it's it really messes with your mind. Sometimes you can go down all these crazy rabbit holes. It's yeah. Well, it's, it sounds like you guys have, have, have struck a good balance though, from what you're saying. And again, I don't want to, I'm not trying to get you to, 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 you know, you know, put anything out there that you want to put out there. Yet. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you, I, I want to let you guys unwrap that when you're ready to unwrap it. But um, in the time we have left, man, and thank you again so much for doing this Kellen. Um, you know, building on that, you know, with especially with the theme of this podcast being perseverance and moving forward, 
um, you know, you guys are a metalcore band that has really stood the test of time. You know, I'm sure in, in over the past decade or so, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of bands that you've seen come and go for various mm -hmm. reasons, right? Yeah. But here you guys are. You, you've arguably got one of your most successful singles to date. Um, you know, can you talk about, you know, whatever you're willing to share? Because obviously I'm not trying to make you yeah. uncomfortable, but, you know, <laughs> what what you've persevered through, you know, either individually or as a band, um, you know, to still really stand the test of time and have the fans that you do and still still be here and still be putting out music, man. Um, you know, one to kind of go with that theme, one thing that I find myself kind of uh, running into over and over um, that I think applies in just regular life as well as, uh, for example, I'll, I'll sit down to write a song and I'll, let's say, you know, even if I'm fired up about it um, with almost every song, I hit a point where I'm like, yo, this sucks. Like, and I just want to like, you know, just, let's go like, you know, <laughs> just like peace out or just scrap it or just be like, yeah, let's, let's just save where we're at and let's do something else. Um, and nine times out of 10, I end up just kind of like forcing myself to keep pushing through it or, you know, I'll get, I'll take a break, walk around, you know, or go walk Yoda or something like that and come back to it and like tr try something different. Um, but I just keep pushing at it. Like just, you know, no matter how hard it is, like however big the rock is that you're pushing uphill, like even if it just gets bigger and bigger, I just keep going for it. And eventually, you know, like 24 hours later, I'm like, okay, I'm glad I, I kept at it because this song is tight, you know, or even if, you know, and I've noticed that even not even in my own music, because I have people come in here and we do co-writes all the time. Um, I've worked with a lot of Christian rock bands um, that have albums coming out. And we've run into that same thing where they'll bring in like a voice memo and, you know, we'll ch chop up part of their voice memo and turn this into a chorus and maybe change the bridge into a verse or whatever. And we'll sometimes we'll be sitting here, you know, kind of looking at each other like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go from here. And then you just I get out the keyboard and start playing around with stuff. And then, you know, by the end of the next day, we're like, dude, this song is amazing. And I've found that to be very applicable to the, the rest of life. You know what I mean? Like whether you're, you know, having struggles in like your friendships or your personal relationships or job stuff, or even just like, you know, some days like you don't want to, like, I like to go to the gym, but some days I just don't want to go, dude. Like, yeah, I, you know, so it's like, okay, well, if you're not going to go, just go outside and walk around, like do, you know, do something like, I, I don't feel that even as hard as things get, sometimes you, you shouldn't let, let yourself even like give up just like a little bit. It's one thing to be like, all right, I need a break. You know what I mean? Everybody needs breaks or just like a pause, but I never try and let my mind go in, in a give up space. You know what I mean? Because I feel like that, that like prints a roadmap that could be used for other aspects of your life. So I try and just keep that same kind of mindset, like, yo, even if it sucks, even if it's terrible right now, let's just keep pushing at it until you know that there is no end to it or until you find the end to it. And then, then you can stop. Um, so that's just kind of been my motto 
Um, because, you know, like, especially being in a band for 10 years with a bunch of dudes who all have different personalities, we've all had like times where we didn't like each other, you know, or we were like fighting and yelling at each other and stuff like that. And if we would have just given up back then, we wouldn't have this incredible friendship that we have now, you know, or, you know, just, I mean, it, it works for a lot of aspects of, of life. And, uh, you know, like I, I like to play hockey, uh, over at Centennial Sportsplex in the adult league. And sometimes it's awesome. And it's like, you're having fun and you're not really thinking about it. And it's great. And you're winning games. And sometimes like right now it sucks and not doing so well, you know what I mean? Or you'll, my hip is like getting extra sore. And I'm like, man, maybe I just need to like take a break. And I'm just like, no, you just need to like refocus and just not give up because it's not like it's this one or two, three things that you're doing wrong. It's just like, you're in the wrong mindset right now. I have to be like, Oh, okay. I am right. Like, (laughs) okay. Thanks me. Like, (laughs) you know, so that's, that's my whole thing. It's just not letting yourself get into a mindset where we're giving up is like an option. Yeah. I I think, I think you're right on that, man. Cause it's, it's, it's real easy to go the other way. It it, it Mm -hmm. really is. It's very easy to just be like, Oh yeah, I just don't, I just don't want to do that today. I mean, speaking of legs, like I got, I got bird legs, dude. Like I, and I'll defend (laughs) myself and say that, you know, for those of you who do know me and see me walking in shorts, know that I, I don't skip leg day. I really believe, (laughs) I believe calves are genetic. I will take that to the grave with me. My dad's got bird legs. My brother, Greg has bird legs, but I do leg day, man. But, you know, yesterday I, I did not want to do that. I was dreading it. I was doing this <laughs> new workout and I was like, I don't want to do this. And yeah. the dude in the, in the video is like, it's a beach body workout. I, I probably sound like a tool right now to everybody listening, but. Uh, no, those I are hard, tra- dude. Those, yeah. Don't, don't shortchange yourself. Those are hard. I've seen Tiff do those and I, I'll be watching like from the other room. I'm like, yeah, not doing that. Definitely <laughs> not doing that. Like, <laughs> I'll be like, I'll, I'm just going to the Y. I'll be back. Yeah. Some of these dudes are super jacked. And I, I mean, I'm 33 now. I, I'd have to eat probably 6,000 calories a day. I've, I've always, I've, I, I've always just had a high metabolism, although I got to lay off the ice cream because it's a lot harder to get abs now when you're pounding <laughs> Ben and Jerry's man. Uh, and I've had three pints in two weeks. If anybody Ooh. listening is keeping score, but, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I I'm with you on that, man. Uh, you know, not giving up and just seeing something through, I think, like you said, it's very applicable in other avenues of life, 100%, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, because if you push through something, then I think you realize that you're stronger than you think too. You know what I mean? Or you're capable of yeah. doing something that you wouldn't have known was possible if you quit. Well, you can, yeah, you can kind of teach yourself like, oh, okay. Like I can push myself harder than I thought. I mean, that's a conversation Tiffany and I've, and I've had uh, probably once or twice over like the last year, you know, cause she'd been working from home and she had been doing some other, uh, she was like looking at building a, a, a personal fitness career and just kind of s- testing the waters as far as that goes. And, you know, we were, we actually were talking about this the other day, like a lot of the stuff that's happened, especially for her in the last year has been like really, really tough, but it's allowed her to show herself like how hard, like what her limit is. Like if you never test your limit, you just think like, oh, well, then this is this is as much as I can take right here. But when you really, really, really push yourself like to the breaking point, you realize, actually, I can, I can go a little bit more and not like kill myself, you know, not die, not crap out. Like so you, it kind of teaches you like I have a bit more before I can fully give up. Um, and it's you know, it's it's hard to learn that. I mean, um, you know, for example, my, my sisters and I, my two sisters that are both younger we all have like varying 
level like degrees of IBS. Like they like one has one version, one has another, and I'm right in the middle. And I've been trying over the last two years, like all sorts of different kinds of treatments for it and stuff like that. And some has worked and some has not. And I'm on the carnivore diet right now, which, you know, I don't think is a very sustainable thing, but I'm trying it just to see how it works. And it's been doing pretty good, but there have been times dude, where I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to give up and I'm just going to go back to eating what I want to eat. And I'm just going to go back to learning how to deal with it. Like I had, you know, for the last six years of just like being like, ah, well, I I feel like crap. So I'm just going to deal with it. And as a last ditch effort, I was like, you know what, I'm going to reach out to this guy here in Nashville that trained some friends of mine and he's really big into gut health. I'm just going to reach out. Even if it's expensive, let's just see what happens. And I reached out to him and he's going to start working with me. And, you know, it's, it's a fair amount of money, but it, it's worth it. And, you know, I was kind of at that point where I was just like, well, I'm, you know, let's just, let's just give up and let's just eat whatever we want to eat. So we don't have to think about it anymore. And I'm stressed about that. You know, I can go back to managing life as it is. Uh, and I was just like, well, let's, let's just try this one last thing. And it's going to be tough. The stuff that he's probably going to want me to do, but you know, I, like I said, it's, it's not letting yourself get into that give up mindset. You know, there's always like one more thing you can try. Absolutely. 100%. And I, I actually have a touch of the, the IBS too, man. Um, one thing that I use is, uh, I'll send you a picture of it and you, and you may have already tried it is uh unicity lie fiber. I put Mm-mm. some of that in a, in a protein shake when I'm, when I'm done working out and I try to take that like once a day, it's yeah. like, it's like sand. It's very grainy, which is why I put it in the protein shake with yep. vanilla. Cause it kind of <laughs> takes, I mean, literally it's like sand. Um, yeah. It's got kind of this weird banana e flavor, but um, I mean, if you're already doing something, but I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. Cause yeah, no, I, I, I went to, uh, to a doctor, um, gosh, probably f- almost five years ago now. And Your I don't GI know if doc? it was just stress or what, but yeah, all of a sudden it was like IBS, man, you know? And that's what the dude told me. He's like, you're a healthy dude, but it's a little irritable bowel or whatever. Just try to, yep. you know, get your fiber and whatnot. So yeah, I do like the probiotic gummies and unicity mm-hmm. live fiber, man. Yeah. I, it's <laughs> Tiff makes fun of me, but dude, I like, it sounds lame, but I have to like have my like one serving of fiber a day. It, it for sure makes, makes a difference and it helps, especially being on carnivore diet where it's pretty much all meat and cheese and yeah. animal products. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny that you say that. Cause I always get shit from people like <laughs> they come over and they see like this little bag of pure, you know, psyllium husk fiber. I'm like, Hey man, don't knock it till you try it. Okay. Yeah. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Dude, people think it's, I, I, it's weird. People think it's like funny, but it's, that's the worst. Like when you can't like, I mean, not that, I mean, we don't, we don't got to go down the rabbit hole with, with bowel functions and whatnot, but, (laughs) but for people out there who do have IBS, like that's, it's like the worst, like, especially if you're out somewhere and you're like, Oh dude, I should not have eaten that. Or like, you know what I mean? It's just, so yeah, I I've found that, uh, I probably need more greens in my diet. I do eat vegetables. Um, but like a lot of rice and like lean protein and stuff, but yeah. But yeah, that fiber, you, you got to have that if you have the IBS, man, for, for anybody listening for real, like I'm not even making a joke of it. Cause it's not fun. Like it's, yeah. it's not fun <laughs> when you have it, it's not, but uh, yeah. And, well, and a little goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, well, before I wrap this up, and I, uh, and thank you again so much, dude, for taking the time. I know we're going a little bit over. Just a, a couple Very of good. fun ones to put a button on this, and uh, this has been awesome, dude. Um, off off the dome, uh, you know, you mentioned hockey. Uh, you play mm-hmm. goalie, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who are some of your favorite goalies and favorite goalie helmets over the years? Because as a kid, I, you know, I'm from Toledo, so I grew up about an hour south of Detroit. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm a huge Red Wings fan. Sometimes yeah. I can be divisive for people because they're kind of like they were kind of like the Yankees of hockey for a while. People either yep. loved or hated Detroit. They <laughs> yeah. did have some battles with the Dallas Stars. I know you're from that area, so I don't know if those are your guys. But who, so who you are probably, some of you your... probably hate the Avalanche then, huh? I'm not a fan of the Colorado Avalanche. No, no. The rivalries yeah. kind of died down. But, a little uh, bit. Yeah. But uh, um, no, I'm not a fan. Do, I thought, doesn't Toledo have a ECHL team or? They do. So back in the day, it was the, the Toledo Storm, Storm. And now it's the Toledo Walleye. Yep. Walleye. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Damn. I don't know how I remember that. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, as far as goalies, I mean, my favorite hel- goalie helmet, I- I'm partial because I grew up in Dallas. So Ed-, Ed Belfour, he had that, he was Eddie the Eagle. So he had this big eagle on the side. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, shout out to the, uh, to UC Saros and Pecorino. They always have sick helmets, man. Every time they get new ones, I'm like, damn, that's because it's like, they always have like cool layers of like how sparkly it is, but some of it's like glow in the dark. It's really, really rad. Um, I'm trying to think who else has. Well, it's funny that you say that because when I think of goalies, I think of uh, Chris Osgood, and he had like the player style helmet, yep. like the old Cooper helmet, like the short one. That's man, that's crazy. Yeah, like with the dangly uh, like neck protector in the front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I have to rock a neck protector just because my chest gear like hangs. I like it to hang down a little bit low, and I'm a short dude. I'm only like five ten, so I get hit in the head probably once or twice a game because guys just come down and then they're in so tight that when they roof it up high sometimes my head's just right there and so it's either here or in the collarbone and that saves your collarbone a lot of times yeah doesn't feel it doesn't feel great i got a bruise i got a bruise right now from just taking a funny one in a weird spot but dude i'm telling you what you do not want to take a puck anywhere up here it is not fun you got an inner demon in you dude from the riffs to playing goalie like you gotta be tough (laughs) you gotta be tough and a little crazy to play goalie man i I guess so yeah (laughs) yeah i always like cujo back in the day he always oh cujo yeah that nickname the wolf um yeah. Dominic Hasek, when he came to Detroit, he had a cool like engine, like motor, like for the motor. City. Oh yeah, he did. That's right. I forgot about that too. His that was like, was cool. that a Detroit thing having like the Cooper style, like the the short like basket style helmet? Because he had that. Osgood had that. I thought there you was know, maybe one other guy. It's, it's yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, yeah, they just they they kind of happen to hit back to back. Um, yeah, that was like a Detroit Ozzie style was, back in the uh, day. Yeah. Uh, Mike Vernon. I don't know if he rocked that helmet or not. He had a cool, he had a cool helmet though. In like 97, mm-hmm. I was actually going to ask you if the name Langenbrunner meant anything to you because in oh, 98, yeah. <laughs> there, there was a lot of pressure on Chris Osgood after Detroit won in 97. And then they had that horrible car accident mm-hmm. um, where Vladimir Konstantinov was, was in a wheelchair after that. He was one of their best defensemen. So it was a really emotional season for the yep. Red Wings in 98. And Ozzy gave up like uh, almost a center ice shot, I think, to McGinnis from St. Louis in the playoffs. And then there was a round against Dallas. I don't know if it's on YouTube, but Langenbrunner hit one from I don't even know how far away. Like the other uh, blue line or something? Yeah, yeah. And I remember 
I think I was only like 10 years old. I, I don't know if it was that series or Phoenix, but my dad told me he thought they were going to lose. And I like started crying because I was like so into the Red Wings. <laughs> but like, yeah. but yeah, I was going to ask you like, because yeah, I remember Dallas had some bruisers too, like uh, Hatcher. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember who their enforcer was that McCarty always used to get into it with. Because Madonna was like your guys' version of Iserman. He was like the face yep. of the franchise. But yep. I, was it Darian Hatcher? Hatcher was the big bruiser. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, man, that's crazy. I can't believe you remember all that. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, I was uh yeah, huge basketball is my main my main sport, but I I I'm a I'm a fan of hockey too. Um well real quick before we wrap it up, because I know we're going over, man. Um, and I don't want to chew your ear off. I oh, I always good, try to good. be conscious, like even the times that I've met you before this through our mutual friends, uh Dominic and Nicole, who are super salt of the earth people too. Like mm-hmm. anytime I meet somebody who's also into heavy music, like I feel like it's 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 not that rare, but it's kind of rare. But uh, I don't even know if people listening to this will get this reference. But sometimes even when I do this, I feel like uh, the Chris Farley show. So if you're not familiar, like Google it. But like they they based <laughs> the SNL skit off of like how he would actually behave around hosts where he'd be like, hey, Alec yeah. Baldwin, you remember that scene in Beetlejuice with the guy? <laughs> like, so even with you, I'm like, when I've met you the, a couple of times that we've hung out with mutual friends, I'm like. I, I don't want to chew this dude's ear off about like he is legend and like heavy music yeah. because I want him to actually be able to enjoy this socially and not have me like chew his ear off. But um, I, f- I feel like when you run into people that grew up on like, you know, like heavy rock or new metal and stuff like that, especially in Nashville, I feel like when you run into somebody like that, it's like that Spider-Man meme where you're both, they're both pointing at each other like <laughs> you. Like, oh yeah. You, me. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, it's funny, too, how people associate it with a look. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I've had multiple people tell me that, like, you don't look like you you listen to. I'm like, well, what does somebody who listened to heavy music look yeah, like? What does it look like? I we look know. like a lot of different people. There's, sure. It's more diverse, I think, than people think. It's not just like angry white dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but seriously, like people yeah. tend to think that it's just like these angry like what? And it's like, dude, there's so many great musicians and people in heavy metal. Um. But just, I guess, to put a button on this bad boy, um, just off the dome, some of your, if you could put a few of your favorite riffs in a time capsule or a few of your favorite albums in a time capsule, like, are there any riffs to this day that you hear that that still give you the chills? Like, you remember, like, the first time you hear it? Like, for example, for me, like, I love, uh, I love the rhythm of Waffle from Seven Dust, that bump, 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 just that whole yep. song. And then uh, here to stay from corn gives me chills every time I hear it. Uh, I immediately, as soon as you said, that, I immediately thought of I am Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just like an, an I like a riff that anybody who grew up on that, you hear that and you're immediately like, huh? You know what I mean? Like, um, so that, yeah, waffle, that's a really good one. Or home. Um, trying to think. I mean, you can't get much more iconic than Smells Like Teen Spirit. I mean, you can't like the other day, dude, I I was just dicking around on guitar and just happened to stumble like I was messing around with something and it was like almost the same chord progression. And I was like getting stoked and I was like, oh, wait, I can't use that. That is way (laughs) too close to Smells Like Teen Spirit. I'm like, damn it. That was really cool, too. Um, I mean, System of a Down had a lot of really cool even like with just like the clean that clean step oh no 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 you know um yeah love aerials from them probably one of my favorites yeah, aerials ones. that's what it was yep yeah um I'm trying to think what else 
Sorry, I know I put you on the spot. I didn't prep you for that. No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> I think of just like that lead thing in Monkey Wrench by Foo Fighters. You know, um, yeah, there's a lot of really cool riffs out there that aren't like flashy, but they like get they're like an earworm that gets stuck in your head. So those would be a couple. What about some of your own? I know it's weird to probably talk about oh. your own stuff. But... Uh, I mean, uh, I guess this, you know, I, I think most people would probably say the sinner. Um, there's a couple of riffs on this new record. I think once, once it comes out, people, that's going to be the earworm that people recognize us with. There's a couple of really cool things that we did on this record that are still Memphis, but in a unique way. So I, I hope they kind of become that same kind of thing, like the center, you know? Heck yeah, man. Well, Kel, this has been great. We've gone a little bit over and uh, I, now I feel like I'm doing the Chris Farley thing where I've chewed your ear <laughs> off, but uh, no, thank good, you bro. so much for doing this, man. Like for real one, not only for, for doing the podcast and taking the time to do it. Cause I know you're a busy dude, but, but two and more importantly, and not even to sound cheesy, man, but um, you know, the first time I met you and Tiffany, you guys were just open arm, kind down to earth like funny friendly people through our mutual friends dominic and nicole who are also really just salt of the earth people and uh you know the pandemic has been challenging and you know even on a personal level for me these last couple months have been really difficult and uh you know in those moments where i think about purpose and perseverance and just even the theme of the show and i'm kind of living it in my own life right now in a weird way Mm -hmm. um the things that I hold on to about like, you know, where am I going? What am I doing? Being in Nashville. Like I remember like the community of people that I've been able to meet down here, you and your wife included. Like I've, I've met a lot of really cool, awesome, kind people down here and have really great friends down here. So I really, when I say thank you, I really mean it because you're, you're a down to earth dude. And I'm really excited for you guys and all this new music that you've got coming out. So Humbly, man. Thank you so much for, for doing this show. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a pleasure. And I'm really looking forward to the next time we get to hang in person, you know, yeah. I'm fully vaccinated now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to well, finally dude. get out of my cocoon, you know? Yeah. Well, dude, right back at you, man. I mean, you know, I, the, I remember the first time I met you and, and same goes for Dominic and Nicole. I mean, like there's, there's just some people, you know, you meet them and you can just tell like right away, that's a genuine person. Like, this is them and the, as their like authentic self, like no facade, no BS, you know, not trying to like be cool or like one up somebody like I always I, t- I feel like I tend to gravitate towards people like that because I I just don't like a lot of the schmoozing and bullshit and stuff like that. And so when I see something like that, I'm like, I like that dude. That guy's cool. You know, I like that chick. She's cool. Um, and so, yeah, we we've been very lucky that you know, getting to have people in our lives like that, like you guys and, and some of our crew down in Spring Hill. Um, yeah, I mean, we got, we got to hang again. Now, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but Tiff and I aren't vaccinated, vaccinated yet, but we had COVID like three months ago. So we're still riding high on those uh, antibodies. But uh, that's next on the list. Walk my happy ass over to Walmart and get <laughs> shot up. <laughs> well, I'm glad. No, I'm glad you guys are okay, though, man. That's I'm, I'm glad you're doing all right. man. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, this has been a pleasure. Um, real quick, and I'll put up the links in the description, but uh, let people know where they can find you and also you know, plug some of the bands. I know there's some bands that have been charting that you've been working with if, if you want to plug them and give them a shout as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
you can find me on the good old Instagram, uh, MMF Kellen. Uh, you know, obviously the band accounts just Memphis may fire. Um, yeah, I've been really lucky. I worked with a band called the protest, um, this Christian rock band, and I've done some work with seven day, seventh day slumber. Um, I did some mixing for this guy named Devin Williams, really cool kind of like alternative rock kind of vibe, really powerful voice. Um, and they've been getting a lot of love on the Christian rock charts, which is, which is awesome. That's great, man. Well, Kellen, thanks again, dude. I hope I didn't uh, keep you over too much uh, longer because I know we went no, over good, like man. 50, 20 minutes and we said, but uh, I really appreciate you, this brother. And uh, again, just congrats to you guys for, for an awesome single. I can't wait to hear the rest of it and hopefully see you soon, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. There you have it. That was my conversation with Kellen McGregor of Memphis Mayfire. Make sure you go follow him on Instagram at MMF Kellen. Follow Memphis Mayfire on Instagram at Memphis Mayfire. Their website is memphismayfire.com. So make sure you go there to check out merch, upcoming tour dates, which by the way, they are going to be hitting the road. They're going to be playing Rockfest in Wisconsin on July 15th. And then right after that, they're going to be at the Alive Festival in Mineral City, Ohio. That is taking place from July 16th through July 18th. Rockfest is at Kadat, Wisconsin. I hope I'm saying the name of that town right. Uh, And then again, like I said, right after that, they're going to be at the Alive Festival in Ohio, my home state. So if you have an opportunity to hit the road and go see those guys live, this would be a great time, man, especially with Blood and Water doing so well. And, And in addition to that, uh, they released new music the same day that this episode came out. I didn't know when I told Kellen that I was going to be dropping this on July 13th that they were also going to be releasing new music. So as of listening to this show today, July 13th, Death Inside is going to be available where you get your music as well. So just a great time for the band. I can't wait to listen to that. I'm actually recording the close of this, like I said, on July 11th. So I haven't heard it yet, but once this episode comes out, that song will be out as well. I'm assuming it's a song and it's not like an EP or something, but uh, anyway, Death Inside is is also out today, so the timing worked out really well for that. And uh, I just want to close up shop here by saying, one, thank you again, Kellen, for the time. I know you're a busy dude. You've got a lot going on, all this stuff with Memphis, working with the other bands that you work with, and just your own life and, and, and all the things that you've got going on in your life. So it is not lost on me at all, man. Uh, you know, just how awesome it was for you to take time to do this podcast. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed the conversation and I can't wait to, uh, to see you guys again soon, man. Um, you know, you and Tiffany, like I told you in our conversation are among the, the group of wonderful, cool down to earth people that I've met here in Nashville. Shout out again to Dominic and Nicole, our mutual friends and all my friends from Crosspoint and the church group, um, I, I really miss all you guys and I'm super thankful for all of y'all, man. Um, it has been challenging the pandemic and, uh, the time alone, but, but, you know, on a personal level, these past couple months have been really difficult for me. And in those, those tough moments, I remind myself and I'm reminded of just how lucky I am to be in Nashville, you know, not because it's like an it city and it's growing and all that stuff, but music, I love music and it's all here, but more importantly, the people that I've been able to meet here, the the friends and, and the circle that I've been able to build here, I, I just feel really lucky and really blessed. So again, shout out. Thank you so much, Kellen. I uh, hope the shows go well. And again, you know, just 
best wishes to you guys and everybody in the Memphis camp. I'm super excited to hear all the new stuff that you're working on. And shout out to everybody listening to this podcast, man. I really mean it when I say thank you. Uh, We're closing in on 5,000 downloads, which for one of the little guys out here like me, that's cool. And maybe I need to stop referencing myself as one of the little guys because I do take a lot of pride in the quality of this show you know prepping for the conversations that i have and doing my homework and the audio quality of it so maybe i shouldn't call myself one of the little guys but that means a lot to me you know i know there's shows that get millions of downloads and you know every episode but that's that's really cool for me having gotten back into this that we're closing in on 5,000 downloads as of recording this episode and it's not lost on me just how cool it is that people have been checking it out so whether you know me whether you're a stranger whether we've met, whether we've never met, for, for everybody who's downloading the show and there's people listening to this from other countries and other parts of the world outside of the United States, which is crazy to me too and so awesome. I just really want to say thank you, man. I really appreciate it. And even though uh, I hate asking for anything and I kind of shoulder things, at the same time I'm at a point in my life where I realize I can't just put all the weight on my back and be afraid to ask for help or be afraid to ask for favors. I do a lot of favors for you, don't I? Um so I do want to say, if you did enjoy this this episode, tell a friend to tell a friend, subscribe. You can listen to it on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Himalaya, Podcast Addict, Podbean. The host site is march4th.podbean.com. A lot of people have iPhones, so you can go right to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe. If you're a Spotify user, you can follow the podcast on Spotify. Like I said, iHeart, Podbean, Himalaya, Podcast Addict. There's multiple ways to listen to the show, and if you enjoy it, please tell a friend. Please go to Apple and leave a five-star rating and a review because it helps the show rank higher, and we get these conversations out to more people. And at the end of the day, that's the goal for this show, y'all, is just to, to hopefully inspire people to chase down their dreams in their own lives when they listen to these shows because we all start somewhere. You know, I st- I'm starting from where I'm starting from with this show, you know. Memphis Mayfires built their audience over more than a decade now. I mean, it, it takes time. Good things take time. And so uh, I can't be afraid to just uh, to ask for things anymore. Uh, and, and I'm in that position now where I hate begging for stuff. But if you did enjoy the show, it would mean the world to me if you subscribed, if you told a friend, if they subscribed. Like, it just helps get these conversations in front of more people. And ultimately, that means hopefully – this show will connect with more people in a positive way. And that's really all I'm trying to do with this, y'all. You know, this isn't a scoop podcast. This isn't a breaking news podcast. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't exist to try to make headlines. I don't exist for controversy. I don't exist for the social media BS. You know, I exist because I love music. I love connecting with people. And, you know, and even beyond music, you know, I've had John Amato from screen printing company Jute Mode on here, Zach Jacobs from the Ottawa Tavern in my hometown, Toledo, a business owner, you know, um, on here. And I want to continue to to bring you guys guests outside of the music realm as well, just to show you that there's other people out there who have struggled through things, who have fought through things, and they've come out the other side of it. And uh, that's inspiration for me too. Even the stuff that I'm going through in my life right now, it's kind of weird. It's like that old thing of like art imitating life or life imitating art, you know, the theme of this podcast being perseverance and moving forward, man. Like I'm doing that in my own life right now with some of the stuff that I'm going through. And at the end of the day, I think we all just want to love and be be loved and, and connect in a positive way. And so that's really what this show is about, y'all, is, uh, you know, giving you guys these conversations to show you that, you know, there there are people out there, you know, who, whether they're musicians, uh, whether they're business owners, 
podcasters like me, you know, we all we all are human and we're we're all going through things. We all have our good days and our bad days, but the important thing is to to keep getting up, uh, to keep getting up when you get knocked down, and and having faith and belief in yourself and just in the universe that if you put good out, you're going to get good back. So anyway, that's my cheesy little rant to wrap this thing up. Again, thank you to everybody listening to this. I really appreciate it. Please spread the word if you dug it. Again, you can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and the host site is March4th.podbean.com. Go out there and support Memphis Mayfire. If you can get to Wisconsin or Ohio for the shows they've got coming up in the next few days, make sure you do it. And again, make sure you check out Death Inside, Blood and Water. I can't wait to hear Death Inside. And actually, I think that shirt is still on sale that they did, which supports the uh, Bridges Domestic Violence Center. It's their ice snake design. So don't quote me on it, but just go to the website. Go to memphismayfire.com. That shirt that they did for the Blood and Water single, uh, it's, I, I think they're calling it their ice snake design. The proceeds go to the Bridges Domestic Violence Center. So, again, it's really cool that they partnered with those guys, y'all. But, but yeah, man, positive vibes all the way around. I hope this inspired you. I hope you have a great day. And like I say to wrap up every episode, keep the faith and be kind to one another. Peace. Peace.